0: You're listening to Food for the Future on 980 CFPL and 980 CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. Today's show is part of the monthly series Food for Thought in which we unpack some of the big ideas about food and food systems in order to raise the conversation level and stimulate lively discussions to find the way forward together. Today, we'll discuss the art of gardening and family growing with Isabel Trask, visual and performing artist and family gardener. Welcome, Isabel.
1: Thank you, Peggy. It's great to be here.
0: It's a pleasure to have you here today. Isabel, you're a visual and performing artist. How long have you been doing this and where do you find your inspiration to create?
1: I've kind of been an artist for as long as I can remember. I've uh, always had an affinity for imagery and stories from a young age, but I also grew up uh, in a household of performing and visual artists. So I kind of grew to love that side of artistic community. And with that exposure, I really created a deep passion for singing, vocal and chamber music, fine arts and basically all applications of the arts in our communities. Um, And since then, I'm a creative producer, exploring kind of multifaceted artistic approaches to important social initiatives and uh, various other dialogues. My inspiration just comes from people I meet and my surrounding environment. And I've definitely found just incredible meaning uh, in the arts through community and uh, outreach. So a lot of my inspiration comes from working with others and using my experiences as kind of a guiding light.
0: Wonderful. So it's in your DNA, as they say, you've been an artist your whole life, and you almost defy a genre. You paint, you perform, Um, you really find a lot of inspirations in day-to-day living. And certainly that's got to be a real colorful life, so to speak. And gardening is part of that. So spring's almost here. It's a, a new season. And a new season is like a blank page or a blank canvas. So How do you approach gardening as you approach art?
1: It's such an interesting question, Peggy. I love it. I would say uh, a new season's garden is like a blank page because it's full of opportunity. And as many artists know, a blank page can be incredibly intimidating. Um, But once you can let loose and sink into the work, what's truly in front of you is an opportunity to make something beautiful and meaningful. So it's really a call to action for an exciting new adventure that really can lead you anywhere. So if we think about like an empty lawn um, that needs tending to, and we think about making something up that space, once a step is made, like a brushstroke on a blank page, the process will uncover something possibly better than we even imagined.
0: That's, uh, it's really interesting. What a poetic um, description of our gardens. You know, many of us look out in the backyard and we see just the dirt or what have you. But to a gardener, there's this excitement. There's these possibilities. It's what life might bring this season. And you had said there's things that aren't predictable. So the elements, how how rainy will it be? How sunny will it be? Um, will there be a lot of wind? Some plants don't like that. And uh, also critters uh, like exactly. as well. So you never really know if Peter Rabbit or uh, some other little critter is going to show up and enjoy whatever it is, the tomatoes or the strawberries before you get to them. <laughs> So there is a whole story with a garden. And it's interesting to look at it that way, because I think then gardeners, definitely there's a lot of science in gardening and making sure the page levels of the Um, soil or what plants like and there's definitely a lot of um, mathematics in the planning everything you want to plant will fit in the rows and the space that you have but certainly to remember that there is an artistry to it so on that note Isabel planting is like a composition we've talked about that and as an artist I'm wondering if you have any trade secrets about composing a masterpiece that might be able to be helpful for our listeners as we plan our gardens for the next season this month
1: yeah absolutely So I would say when it comes to composing any piece of art, uh, the first thing you need to think about um, is your intention for the piece. And the same is true for a garden. So is it just a purely aesthetic garden or is it a vegetable garden? And once we have that answer, we can then kind of consider some of those principles and elements of design that can contribute to a successful composition. So relative to a garden, whether it's intended, function is for vegetables or aesthetics, uh, you should always consider the space you have to work with. The key to a good composition is using that space effectively by considering things like balance. That could mean having enough enough variety, but also cohesion in your space. In in a vegetable garden, this might look like planting your vegetables strategically in a pattern. Um, For a flower garden, this might be just discerning your unity of colors, where to add contrast and variety and different plant types, uh, and also considering proportions for the space and just general harmony for the garden. So if this garden, for instance, is mounted in part of a waterfall with a, you know, rock bed and small surrounding pond, you may want to consider your compositional variety and balance, you know, the ratios of trees and shrubs uh, to uh, perennials or annuals, as they all have varying size and lifespans. You know, while unity and contrast and various other principles of design can make for a successful composition, I would also say it's really important to still just have spontaneity and create intuitively. So a great composition, in my opinion, is also one that's organically formed.
0: Okay, so really great advice. So best laid plans. But be intuitive, see what the soil is telling you, see what the um, elements are telling you. And when you mentioned being intuitive, um, that means giving yourself permission to be creative, what you thought you might grow or what you thought maybe would be the best thing when you uh, get out there and get working on it. Or maybe you discover something brand new, you've got all your seeds lined out, you think this is the way it's going to go. And you see a new variety of bean or a different type of tomato or some type of Uh, potato that you want to try. And so make space for that organic creativity. That's such incredible advice. And it really does help remind us what you said at the beginning of the show, which is the growing process has its own story. It, It is its own poetics. And uh, there's hopes that plants will grow and there's threats to their survival. So we really do see a story uh, unfolding in our gardens. And we hope that it's all leading to a happy ending, meaning a wonderful harvest. And how can home gardeners weather some of the storms that come up in the story of their gardens?
1: Well, it's important to understand, you know, basic concepts and principles of gardening uh, and how that applies to your specific space and the type of garden you're making. I additionally think it's a lot about your mindset and attitude. At the end of the day, you should always just be happy with what you've made, because no matter what, you're still making something. It's all about the process and the experience of doing. So for me, just the act of creating usually outweighs the end result. You know, if I'm disappointed or didn't really, you know, reach my expectations, it's just having fun along the way and kind of appreciating that you're in that process.
0: I think that's helpful advice for for new and seasoned gardeners. New growers will have um, some successes with certain things, but maybe not everything. And as you had said, reminding yourself the joy of creating, the joy of being part of nature and watching life and knowing you're contributing to it is really important. And I know some experienced gardeners, they expect everything to work out because they're experienced and this should not have happened in their garden that Something didn't quite make it the way they had thought or, um, you know, a, a vegetable looks delicious, but somehow it's 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 got either no taste or the taste is mm-hmm. not what they had expected. It's bitter or didn't quite turn out the variety. Something changed maybe in the soil or uh, some some element. And so the, the joy of creating and having the garden for that purpose when certainly we want things to work out and most often they do but there are times that it doesn't and still to remember that joy in creating is really so so important and I think that that's something I'm definitely going to remember I'm going to try some new seeds this year in the space that I have available to me and I'm going to remain optimistic you know and I I think that a little bit of optimism and love somehow helps things work out a little more often than frustration and uh, and disappointment. And what are some other ways, Isabel, that home gardening is like art? It's an artistic process you've talked about. Can you expand on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's actually very interesting, kind of the common traits of both gardening and art, because, I mean, we can consider gardening art practice in its own, even landscaping, right? If you think about visual arts or even performing arts, any kind of artistic discipline uh, for specific types of projects usually takes a lot of research, planning, practice, and intention. So if we think of, you know, typically a large-scale conceptual drawing, it'll have layers of context and conceptual development. And after this stage, you then might consider, you know, the best artistic approach for your project and create a plan to execute it. So this might be you know thinking about the type of medium you want to use or the surface that you want to use and then from that you have the process of actually doing the work so you know maybe that's starting with a sketch and then an underdrawing and then the line work and then after all this labor you see a final product but gardening is really the same you know for a garden to be successful it takes you know forethought planning research preparation execution, and especially consistency. So your planning might consist of understanding how you can work with your space strategically, you know, researching which plants should be positioned where in your garden, you know, based on sunlight or shade preparation could be preparing the land. So like a painting, we prep and prime a canvas. this is really similar because, you know, how do we prime a garden? You know, we have to tend to the land. So that would depend on your soil type and your project. But for instance, a vegetable garden, this would, maybe include getting your rototiller out and preparing the soil for seed planting. So just like an art piece, once all that development planning and the process is over, you you know, you get to finally harvest your product and See the beauty and the hard work that you put into it so gardening really is like a work of art in that way and a labor
0: of love <laughs> uh, a work of art and a labor of love and and you mentioned intention a couple of times if we have a not just a concept of what we want the garden to be but we have this intention that you're going to solve whatever problems come up if it's a drier season if it looks like a plant starting to not do well doing the research on it and doing the intention to have this creative process and that will carry us through to have a a higher and better outcome at harvest. And also once you harvest it, what to do with it, because it's sometimes a bumper crop and sometimes that's the problem. And zucchini is famous for this. I think we've all had neighbors that are Who wants zucchinis? We're going to have zucchini loaf and (laughs) zucchinis and zucchini everything. And, and, you know, and they seem to do and tomatoes, which is wonderful because those are things that people love. So that intention in the creative process and helping you coordinate and overcome problems is so, so important. And thank you for reminding us that, Isabel. After the break, we'll hear more from Isabel Trask, visual and performing artist about family gardening. This is Food for the Future, and I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist. Welcome back to Food
1: for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host,
0: Peggy O'Neill. We're speaking with Isabel Trask, visual and performing artist, about artistry in gardening and family growing. Isabel. Before the break, we talked a lot about how gardens have their own story and how it's a work of art. But let's turn now to some of the characters in the garden. I'm wondering how long your family has had a garden and what kind of things do you plant?
1: We have an interesting history. My dad, you know, grew up on a farm. So a lot of his experiences, you know, he's been growing food since he was a kid. But for us, you know, I was born in Toronto and then uh, we moved out here and have about an acre of land now. So since we've moved from Toronto, we've been gardening for the past you know 20 years we started mostly doing garden beds with like Annuals and perennials, that kind of thing. So it wasn't necessarily a vegetable garden, but over the years we did develop some little areas on our property. And the last five years we've focused we're on We're speaking with Isabel gardens, Trask,
0: visual uh, and performing <laughs> artist about artistry a and, Again, and it's a family work, growing. but Isabel, so before the break, we talked what a lot integrate. about how, and how and what gardens kinds of have their do you own story in that and, how and how it's mostly vegetables, vegetables but that's been kind about some of the characters in the garden. I'm wondering how long your family has had the garden and what kinds of things are grown.
1: Say. we have um, an interesting in cucumbers history. for sure my dad he's you know like you farm, had mentioned all so the so a lot of his experience <laughs> just constant zucchinis you know, <laughs> he was a kid but um, for us you know ratings, I was born in Toronto uh, and every then, year classic uh, would be, uh, we you know cherry and tomatoes about an plant plant now tomatoes are so, just so since we moved so from I am not someone who loves tomatoes for the past but those tomatoes, we started mostly doing them beds if I had with like we grow some manuals and that kind of thing so it wasn't necessarily a vegetable garden but over the years Developed some little um, areas um, on our property; those kind of and things. The last five and then years we've additionally on the side of our we we already have raspberry, uh, bushes, which has grown quite a big labor. <laughs> so again, it's a lot of work. That sounds delicious,
0: um, and something that would kind of come to. What kinds of things fruition for harvest garden? Of through mostly veggies, but of enjoying something fresh, whether it's herbs or vegetables, or fruits throughout the season. Sounds fantastic. um Having delicious seasonal produce, zucchinis, like you had mentioned, all the abundance just constant but sharing routines. in the growing process, uh, and the process that we were talking about before. So uh, every year, family classic is, would be you know cherry different. tomatoes. We so our our heirloom, tomatoes. They're just so but so I am
1: not someone that to likes tomatoes, tomatoes, tomatoes. of layers to this, uh, but those tomatoes. as I, I mentioned I would eat my them dad if I had farm, and we, we still have a lot of chives. You know, my dad's side that are still done farmers. One year, I think we tried one of my grandkids even the sugar in the carrots. Those kind of things, and for us, it's family lineage, but it's. We also, seeing the collaboration, we've grown quite a big bush. So it's, it's you know,
0: like, who my That dad is sounds delicious, person, and something that would always, kind of come he's to always um, fruition always for harvest sort of That's throughout the season. So, he so he enjoying something fresh, whether it's herbs or so vegetables he uh, or fruits, all throughout the season and sounds and fantastic. And having delicious meals, with. And so having an appreciation for the process that we all understand, and it's also sharing that over the actually using the cherry that we were talking about before with your family. Using is, the mint for it's something tea. different. So, um, can you tell us about all those what things? sharing the food and together celebrating means to your family. There's a your family's this history. Because, so you said your dad's from a farmer, his brothers, brothers farm, are still farming, and still but, you know, that saying where you can take a know, person my off the farm, still but you can't take the farm out of the person. And your dad's a living testament to that. Have there been any mishaps in your family that you've had to overcome? Yes, it's you know, family lineage, but it's
1: you know, learning, collaboration, understanding how we should better use our school. My dad has been. Person. A bit of always, an issue, but also he's a great learning opportunity. He's that, as providing, providing, that's what he's he kind of smaller he loves uh, garden uh, beds, and he's bigger on our producing food that he can yard, just developing to a us bigger to garden space for a you know making delicious meals. Has, meals has been so quite a for us. Having the appreciation for the has process has been a bit of a we, process, we all know, upgrading a lot that but then it's also sharing that over fresh you know soil and using a rototiller for a while. We didn't even have that, so it's quite troublesome getting that stuff ready. All those things, sharing the food and celebrating understanding and, and honoring your family's you history. So, a lot of, you of our best from a come from, you know his, either having brothers too much, are still farming, uh, you know, that saying where you can take a person kind off the farm, but you can't with take the family off a person. Really and your dad's a living so testament to that. Certain there things just don't miss out your, your family, if the family if you've had to overcome that. I mean, over the years, the issue of know learning and understanding how we should issues with our space for the garden has been a bit of an issue with just too requiring off the dry. As I mentioned, earlier that we had like kind of smaller because that uh, section of the garden is the most exposed uh, backyard based on the, just you know, developing the bigger garden space for a backyard but <laughs> has been quite a <laughs> process expanding you it might get have bigger, to get bigger has been a bit of a process you know upgrading a lot of that space and so been trying to develop you know, a new space, space in the soil and and using a rototiller for a while we didn't even have that so it was troublesome getting that stuff ready it's good
0: to know because sometimes we learn as much from the disappointments as we do from the successes and either having too much much so that already show for the our farmers who save the day who are, are growing lots with of beans with if a our tree beans line don't make it in really our backyard. <laughs> so and as you think says before don't the break well about the being open to the creative process if the, process, if the but beans then you are growing, have don't like of that being space, hot too sunny or too dry with you. So we having some issues with our beans last year we didn't really harvest too many beans because it was just too hot too dry. And that's something that we had to counterwork because that section of the garden actually was the most exposed to the sun
1: based on the you know geography of our. Um, backyard, but I actually realized kind of, we might have to move our garden other plants this coming year to the front so we've so been trying to really develop a new space in the front lawn instead of, of the back just based event. on that limitation due year to the tree line
0: Thanks for sharing that like it's it's good to know because sometimes we learn as much before before from the disappointments as we do from um, the successes and thank goodness as we've said already in the show for the farmers who saved the day are growing lots of beans if our beans don't quite make it in our backyard. We take so, a humanities had approach on this show so philosophy being open history, to the creative creativity. process. And, and I'm wondering how going, planning a garden with your family relates to sunny or dry or what have you. Try something Absolutely. else. And that's why it so is such a creative endeavor being a home really grower and is is a home gardener, particularly when you're doing outlet. it as and a family. As I'd as love to know earlier, what some of your happiest memories in the garden with your family are you know, you get to
1: play with various plant types, colors, size, characteristics, and style of plants. You get to, you know, work your designing muscle a little bit if that's what you're into. So, you so get to pretty really much reinvent a space like, oh to goodness, have it be a reflection of yourself, which is extremely and interesting. Tiny little in terms of history, kind of I just like knowing you every time you're doing this with your family, you are claim making history. them. Before. So, you get to build um, memories at last, try to and find them, and, eat them and then recognizing the history. And that's my favorite that we come discovering. Or, you know, my dad grew up on a farm. We take a learning approach on this show. So, philosophy. And history, shared experiences, but also our
0: participation in gardening. with your family. To these, gardening ways is, of understanding as I mentioned, a
1: labor of Absolutely. love It's really difficult, so, but it's so creative. It, really, so I think really so the history is element is both just building memories, memories, but also and as, and as remembering our ancestry and where we come from. from everything that's well. produced comes so, from farming, it comes from something producing that for you. So, understanding a little bit more, appreciating more what comes into it. You know, your design is really important. But that's you just consider that you get to through the experience of gardening. We do have it, color, for size, for you know, gain that new appreciation, is extremely. For the beauty of nature in, in itself. History and how just, astonishing like, know, Mother Earth you know, is. You every know, time might recognize your family you are just the, the the way something so looks and how it's memories and how that's just like so fascinating. Recognizing amazing naturally that and way. And the family lineage that we came from much more, you know, my respect for the
0: and really, learning
1: that contributes to
0: that. Um, his flourishing, natural, and shared experiences, well, and but also our participation in so gardening. How uh, gardening is, sort of as I mentioned, a labor of love and very really difficult, and but it's a story, so worth you just it. The so, I think the history the element is both building memories, but also remembering, that remembering our ancestry and where we to come to from. Everything that's produced comes beautiful, from our armor, comes from producing that for you. So, understanding a little bit more and appreciating more what comes into it. willing to
1: make something really important, explore what that yeah, means and with the people that, that you love you know through the experience really of gardening you should try to spend we as much do, time as you know gain that new appreciation we all have
0: limited time for the Thank beauty of so nature much, in Isabel. itself and how I'm astonishing Mother Earth is you know we might recognize I had with just the, Emily the way Chagano something looks and how it's food food and how that's company. just so fascinating and we were talking about revising the spirit and intent and you know we gain a much deeper respect for the land that everything that contributes to that you know flourishing natural environment we could replace it with it up. So nicely so I, uh, thank you for starting happy conversation the today about dimensions of and and grow on. And how thank you so much, Peggy. You today on Food for the Future, we've been speaking with Isabel Trask, visual and performing artist and family that garden. Really all Each come week, we give something, something, and something to talk about and something is Something I'm wondering if you have how any you final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners about the artistry your family gardening. You're willing to make something and explore what that means and with the people that you love. That's really valuable. You we try to spend as much time as Food rescue we all have help limited time of here. Thank and you so much organizations Remind well. And across I'm Canada. reminded I'm your host, of a conversation I had recently with to the weekly show Emily the from the Halifax Seed Company. And we were talking about revising the spirit and intent of the saying rock on and all that it meant, you know, that we today with everything uh, going on in the world, and uh, we could replace it with grow on so thank you for our happy conversation today isabel and grow on thank you so much peggy today on food for the future we've been speaking with isabel trask visual and performing artist and family gardener each week we leave you with something to talk about and something to do something to talk about how could you use the principles of art in your garden something to do discuss with your family or friends how you could plant something and help life grow Next week on the show, we return to the series, Waste Not. We'll be speaking with Second Harvest about food rescue to help thousands of charities and nonprofit organizations across Canada. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist, and you've been listening to the weekly show, Food for the Future. Thank you to our platinum-level sponsors, Burnbrae Farms, Eggs for Life, and the Middlesex London Food Policy Council. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday at 8.30 on 980 CFPL and 980cfpl.ca.